sort of omens come to my hand. I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, this is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O from the original Thundercats series, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An Elegant Weapon for the more civilized age. Gentlemen, welcome to an elegant weapon episode 188 miles per hour. Welcome back to the L5J Studios. Jay the Jedi Ross here with you. As always, this week on the show, we welcome an old friend of the show. He's been on the show many, many times. That's right. Artist, writer, comic book creator extraordinaire, Mr. Dave. Bishop joins me tonight for a wonderful conversation. Uh, We discuss such things as uh, his series Stranger, his series of Stone. Very soon, all three volumes will be available on Comixology. You've got to read volume three. It's so good. If you're not following of Stone, you're foolish. Uh, I met Dave uh, a couple years back because of Stranger, his zombie comic book series which is fantastic as well. Uh, And then he decided to throw this of stone thing at us, and you'll hear all about it. It's very crazy. And we also talk about his contribution to Volume 3 of the Toronto Comics Anthology, which is a very, very cool collection of not just artists and creators from Toronto, but these are stories about Toronto. So it's pretty, pretty rad. So we got together, and we talk about that a bunch, and we talk about if Stone and Stranger a bunch, and a bunch, a bunch of other bunches. So enjoy the bunches uh, tonight, kids. Uh, my conversation with the always rad Toronto Zone, Mr. Dave Bishop. It's good to chat with you again. I know it's been uh, been a few months, I guess. It has. The last time we got to hang out was, of course, it was the uh, show, right? Yeah, the Toronto Comic Con yeah. fan days, I guess they call it. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, though, man. Is that the first year they call it that? Have they called it that before? I'm not sure, to be honest, because I think this is the first year I ever actually noticed it. <laughs> it's 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 gone a couple years before. Well, it's such a strange little event to have because, I mean, it's when you got Fan Expo and then you got Toronto Comic Con and then this tiny little, like, you know, two-day cash grab holiday, you know. That's just one day, though. Is it? Was it one day? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But either way, a one-day, like, just, you know, commerce bonanza, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, right before the holidays, they can make a little bit of money. Hopefully, the people that participate make a little bit of money. Well, it was a great, uh, like, the energy was fantastic. Like, it seemed like everybody was really having a good time, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I had done it, uh, I wasn't sure if it was the year before or the year before that, and it wasn't uh, wasn't very good for me. Oh, that's too bad. It happens. It does happen. Well, we did, I couldn't remember, I was trying to think earlier, did you and I first meet on Twitter, or was it at a fan expo? It was on Twitter. Twitter, I think. Yeah, that's that's the way it kind of felt to me too, because I yeah. remember kind of seeking you out at Fan Expo, finding out you were show, and you're like, "Hey, man, I'm Jay." And I'm like, "Hey, what's going on?" Yeah, yeah, that 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 began a lot of chats over the last few years, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You had your pitch man with you. What was his name again? Justin. Yes, I want. Yeah, I thought it was Justin. Yeah, how's he doing? Still talk to him? Oh yeah, yeah, he's doing really well. Uh, hopefully, when I have some new stuff to throw out there i can get him by my side again because the thing is it's great having him along because he can just chat like nobody's business like he's such a smart dude that i mean he can have a conversation about anything 
to anyone. Yeah, he was very charming. Totally. Like, you know, he's just happy to be there and having a good time. And <laughs> Yeah, for a while there, uh, it was fantastic because he grew this magnificent beard. It was like, <laughs> he looked like the zigzag man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's I was like, oh, dude, that's such an exceptional beard. Then he trimmed it down recently. Oh, just a little bit. But I hadn't seen him for a while. I didn't realize that he could, A, grow a beard, or B, grow a beard that fine. <laughs> well it's good yeah. to have a good beard for like pre- presentation and and such yeah. you know because it's great that you can have him there and you can just draw and you can yeah. just go at it and he can yeah. just mouth away you know it's a beautiful everybody well, needs their like their manager type like like wrestling style manager hype yeah. guy you know <laughs> nice thing about having a second person at the table is um when you're the sole person and you get into sort of a very long engaged conversation with someone, if somebody's coming up to the table and interested in your stuff and you're in the middle of this conversation, it can sometimes be difficult to sort of disengage from the conversation and then engage the, uh, the new arrival. But if there's two of you, then you can always just sort of pass the ball. Yeah, man. I don't know how certain people do it because you see a lot of people in the alley and they're just they're completely on their own. And it's like, I don't know how you're handling this without. Don't you have to pee? (laughs) (laughs) See, whenever I do it, I make sure I don't drink that much. Nice. Yeah, that's wise. You know, I'll I'll have myself a nice big coffee in the morning, but that's probably about it. And try not to take a lunch break or anything like that. And occasionally get out to you know, socialize with some of the people around. But for the most part, I don't like leaving the table because I feel like if I leave the table, that's when people will come. (laughs) I hear that from all of you guys, man. It's fun for me because I'll be at the show and I get to bounce around and run around with my microphone just talking to everybody. And as the days roll on, I see everybody just go more and more into the zone. (laughs) (laughs) And it's uh, it's kind of fun to watch, you know, because, I mean, the the faces get wider, the eyes get wider. (laughs) It's it's good times, man. So, yeah. So, you know, we we meet up at this con, uh, which has led, like I said, to several conversations because I was a big fan of your series, Stranger, your zombie series. Yep. Uh, which is fantastic and everybody should check out. And then you come along with this thing called of stone. Yeah. Which I immediately, I'm like, okay, I was an Emma fan of stranger, but this is more my jam. You know what I mean? This it's much more, just more fantasy. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm much more a fantasy guy than a zombie guy. Yeah. And just, uh, it's, it's a simple, catchy title too, and it was just like, "Ooh, of stone." Yeah, tell me about this. You know, the problem. The problem with the title is sometimes when you're when I'm talking about it or I'm sending emails out, I have to try and think of different ways of saying "of of stone." <laughs> Say it right. So yeah, it comes to those moments. It's like, oh man, I really should have called it something else or had something else in there. So when I say uh, I think it's worth the occasional brain tease, man, because it's an excellent title. And the way you use it to set up the entire story in the beginning itself mm. is, is fantastic, you know? Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, and that first story was got to be all there was, really, when I, when I first did it. You know, it was just that, I think it was 20 pages or something like that, maybe 21. But I had this idea for the longest time, and, you know, I wanted to do more than just a zombie book. And, uh, you know, the, this was it. So I got out there, and I did it, and I was really happy with it. Um, and then I finished it, and I was like, okay, let's move on to the next stuff and move on to the next stuff. And then I started thinking about it, and I was – it's – when I wrote the book, I wanted to – I wanted to – make it sort of its own world, you know, because when you're writing fantasy or you're creating a fantasy story, I think it's, it's very easy to fall into that, uh, fall into that uh, Lord of the Rings type fantasy. It's like, well, you have elves and orcs and swords and knights and all that stuff. And I mean, if that works for you, I think that's cool. But at the same time, it's, it's not the only, like, 
there's so much to the imagination that you just kind of limit yourself. I, I I see where you're going with that though, because it is different. World, then you have your own rules. You don't have to stick with other people's rules. You can create your own things, and people won't come at you saying, "Well, that sort of thing would never exist in this world." Because blah 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 blah. It's like who cares? It's my world. This is what I'm building. This is what I'm making. Like the uh, the mounts in of stone. Yes. The uh, little two-legged tadpole thingies easily i'm not surprised you're bringing that up and probably saying that you've gotten feedback because i mean i think they're cool but they're definitely the oddest thing in the book yeah and i think once i put those in there it really drove home the point that okay this isn't the typical fantasy world because i don't know what that is right I don't know what those creatures are. I've never seen them before. So this is something else. This is somewhere else. I feel that, man. I totally. That's one thing, maybe the main thing I love about the book. But it, it still it boggles me a bit that it was a one-off in your head. Yeah. Because it's it. it <laughs> I mean, to 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 the you know first glance reader, it's it seems like an obvious beginning to something pretty cool. You know. Well, I mean, I did I did want to put it in a world that wasn't too confined or constricted. You know, it needed to feel like it was, there was more going on. And although I I had every intention of just making it a one shot, I did put a lot of, I dropped a lot of notes in there in the story that alluded to something else happening or other things that could happen. Right. Um, so, I mean, if you're keen eyed, you'll see. Well, the cool thing to me is I look at the first book, uh, like kind of a big character study. Yeah. You know, you go, it's pretty much just your main, you know, character Mm -hmm. and he's, you know, it's all the narrative is in his head pretty much mainly for the entire book. Mm -hmm. But then you drop, I don't want to spoil the book, so I got to say this, but uh, the 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 kind of the MacGuffin that arrives for him, like the thing that happens that shocks him. Yeah. His the, his surprise, his mystery that's presented before him that he yeah. kind of keeps to himself and needs to explain. That's such a tiny little piece of the book. Like you basically with one word. That's that's why I wanted it to continue. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, I could see how it could stand there as a one shot, as a, a lone book. And it kind of leaves you thinking and wondering, which is always fun. But mm-hmm. that was you, – you went a little too far. Like, you know what I mean? You went a little too far enough that we were like, okay, yeah, no, we – yeah, you, you got to give us a little more of that. You know? Yeah. All, the, all of that is going to be addressed in the books and some of it may have been touched on in the other two books that have followed. Um, but there's, there's definitely going to be a satisfactory – ending to that arc when that comes and so everybody out there listening is clear dave in fact does write and draw this book yes uh and you are easily one of the best writer artists within themselves that i know of going on out there (laughs) well you know i'm sure i could stand to write a little bit better and draw a little bit better that's for sure yeah but as far as the balance like it's there's a lot of artists or writers you know who can do one or the other we've talked about this tons in the past and i know we have and you know that's why i'm such a big fan of you is because i really enjoy your balance you use your art well no you use your art and your words kind of you kind of it seems to me like you almost do it at the same time like are you thinking of 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 dialogue while you're writing or vice versa a lot of the times when it comes to to dialogue it's it can take me a while to figure something out, but once something sort of strikes me, it sticks with me. And, uh, you know, then I'll have to write it down or I'll, I'll come up with, um, you know, this one, I'll have this one sort of image in my head of what should happen. And I come up with all these different things that should be said. Um, and a lot of the, text actually or the dialogue in the second book the beginning of the second book a lot of that changed you know i was having some dialogues with some people and uh it was like well 
you know, I'm I'm writing uh, like the character the character of Gaiety specifically in the second book is what I'm talking about. I'm I'm writing her wrong, you know, because I'm I'm writing her like a like a dude. Okay. You know what I mean? And and it's like it's it's not coming out as genuine. So I actually ended up rewriting that after having a, a long conversation with some folks. Um and it I'm so much more happy with it. Right know? on. Yeah. Um and I've been able to deal with it more in the third book as well. What do you feel is harder for you? Which is which of the two do you have to work on more? Oh, it depends. It really depends. I mean, probably my writing, but then I'll draw some stuff. It's like, oh, that's no good. I got to redraw that. Or I don't know. I, I flip back and forth. Right, right. I definitely think of myself more of an artist first and less of a writer. Um, you know, like if somebody were to come to me with, uh, you know, hey, give me some tips on making art, I'd probably do better than, hey, come to me, tell me some tips on writing better. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, definitely an artist first, writer second. Because you kind of went with it with a stone compared to Stranger, which yeah. was uh, you know a more subtle kind of uh, you know reserved dialogue compared to what's going on with a stone. Like <laughs> the writing in of stone is 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 out there, you know, in that fantastical kind of way. You kind of yeah. find your own style of doing it old school but your own kind of old school you know what i mean right well i like mean it's it, neat i i, I it, it sticks it's such a small thing but it sticks out to me that uh the ogres he refers to themselves as the people like that's the people are his people yeah. yet there's also humans who are a separate thing yeah do you know what i mean like that it's that little stuff that i thought was really cool about how you, how you handled the story you know i mean they are his people <clears throat> right that's, I mean, they're very reclusive uh, creatures. So, I mean, they don't really get a lot of outside world exposure. So they're a very tight-knit community as well. You know, and to say that they are the people, that, I mean, to them they are. Right. I get, yeah, yeah. That's what but I, I don't know. There's just something about the way you phrased it and the way he kept saying with the people. Like, I don't know. It was more of a... You made the people more into of a title than a a reference. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you could all it, it was almost used as a race. Like the race are the people. Like mm-hmm. I know it's not, but you know what I mean. Just it kind of had that tingling to it, which was which was very cool. You know, and uh, that's one of the things I really enjoyed. And in the first book, uh, let's explain to the people how you did this too, because the first version, I guess we could say. Yeah, we can. <laughs> uh, yeah, the first version you had done, and just a black and white, simple one shot, as we said, and then you kind of remastered it, I guess we could say, as a re-release. Yeah, I did. Um, I did the book initially black and white in print, um, and then I did the second book, and I was doing it in color, and I put the, I had the first book up on Comicsology. But that was in black and white as well. And I did the second book, but I did the second book in color. And then as I was finishing up the second book, I thought, geez, you know, it's kind of dumb to do the first one in black and white and then have the second one all of a sudden be in color. So I went back and redid the first book in color and re-uploaded it. So people who did originally have the, the black and white comicsology version their uh copies would get updated to the color version uh, oh so, that's convenient yeah so all five of those people who got that <laughs> you mean all my five copies yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i wanted to ask you about the coloring did you do the colors then yeah um i wanted to do the colors too because i'm that's one of my weaknesses sure i'm not comfortable entirely with coloring and you know i need to learn i need to do it and i'm the sort of person where if i if i need to get better at something i need to just do it and do it and do it and keep going and keep going because that's how you get better for sure because you took a particular style to this where you could kind of be reserved where you could kind of uh 
uh, it's cool how you did it though like the flashbacks have that certain gold like tone <laughs> like you know the human scenes and the flashbacks and stuff and then uh i don't know just the way you you left the whites very white you know like in the mountaintops yeah and then the complete blackness of like the creatures it was uh it was really really cool man mm-hmm was that a conscious idea? Were you like being careful, or were you like, "I sure. want want it to look this way"? No, I wanted it to be whitest whites and blackest blacks for that uh, for that whole thing. Um, and the the Raythans are, I mean, they they figure very prominently within the story, but they they needed to be shadows. They needed to be all black, and I not like a you know different shades of grays and you know deep black shadows, but they needed to be like all shadow. So yeah, do that would just be okay. They're all black. Well, it brings a, a cool mystique to the book. You know, it brings a certain thing where even though you're looking at it, it's still a mystery, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of almost want to be there to be like, to experience what he's kind of seeing, you know, it's, it's cool, man. It's cool. And we're up to, we're up to issue three at this point. Yeah, so issue three uh, might be out on Comixology next week. Oh, very Actually, fun! Tomorrow, yeah. But uh, I sent I sent out copies to all my friends and neighbors. So what's the plan then? Because we got three wonderful issues, which I've had the pleasure of reading, and uh, now I'm hooked. So you have to keep going. Yeah, I have uh, three more issues planned for this arc, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But, Excellent. You know, if if six issues are all I do, then hopefully the six issues will answer enough of the story that uh, people might feel satisfied. Well, you're going to have to see where you are, too, man, because, I mean, things are popping for you. Have you uh, – okay, so you were on the show a few times. Usually it was via conversations at Fan Expo or Toronto yeah. Comic Con. Yeah. But you have Skyped in a few times. We talked uh, – just once we had a conversation about whatever the hell. I think it might have been of Stone One at the time. I can't remember. Yeah. But then is. we had uh, a specific chat uh, about uh, you and Ricky's book. With Deep Sea? Yeah. Yeah. Well, with Ricky Lima. Yeah. Uh, is he the only other one you've ever drawn not your words for? <laughs> I see where this is going. Why was it going? No, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm, I wasn't sure um, if. As far as far as completed books go, yes, I have not drawn pictures to anyone else's words beside his that have been printed. Oh yes, yes, yes. And now that you say where it's going, absolutely, let's take it there, anyways. Yeah, we can do that. I was going to bring that up, but uh, I just hadn't thought of it quite yet because I actually no, I was going to lead there. So let hold on a second. So, so, well, the, and, the, the fact of the matter is, is that um, you're the one who introduced me to him, which is very exciting, which is I'm, I'm so stoked about. So basically what happens is you and Ricky are on the show and yeah. then you kind of take a hiatus. You kind of take a year off of doing cons and you kind of dive into the work. Yeah. And then you kind of made your reentry into the jungle at the fan days show. Mm-hmm. And where people he did in fact wear that hat for the entire interview. Oh yeah. If anybody was following Facebook that day, but uh, a fantastic Christmas hat that I. Oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you kind of come back with that, and now we have. It's like three... two feet tall. So, yeah. So the hat was like two feet tall, and I I gave it to my kids, and then, um, they had a Christmas hat day at school, and so I had this normal Christmas hat. And uh, I was doing lunch supervisor at the kids' school, and they didn't want to wear their hats anymore. So they didn't want to wear their Christmas tree hat. They wanted to wear the normal Santa hat. Right. I said, okay, fine, let's switch. So I spent the rest of the day in the Christmas tree hat. And the Christmas tree hat is always a hit. <laughs> it's a nice hat. Unfortunately, the drag is it doesn't light up or sing any songs or anything like that, but it looks like it should. Well, you're an artist. You could add to it. You could customize yeah. it, couldn't you? The problem is my head is so big that <laughs> the hat doesn't really fit well. So it just sort of rests on top of my Ben Affleckian-sized head. Well, you could get Sparkle Girl to take it out for you a little. Yeah. You know, she could, like, widen the rim. And... Yeah. 
we can make this happen, man. We could kickstart a new hat for you. Nice. Back to Kevin. So, yeah, so uh, that happens. Then you come back. All of a sudden, we've got uh, brand new of Stone. And you hit me with the news that another longtime friend of this show, uh, the writer behind one of our most favorite books ever, of course, Tart, uh, Mr. Kevin Joseph, you two went ahead and hooked up. We did. You're going to make a little comic book baby. Love child. <laughs> Love child. Well, he uh, he just emailed me. And he he said, um, oh, you know, I have the, a story for this idea. And it's been knocking in my head since, you know, New York Comic Con. You know, if you want to do it, that's cool. If you don't, I'll understand, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, okay, well, just send me what you have. I don't mind reading it if you don't mind me reading it. And he sent it to me. I was like, okay, i got to do this story. And it's really cool because the way he's written the story is that, I mean, there's no words. What? There's no words <laughs> to the story. Okay. It is, it's a silent comic, but the way he, it's just written so beautifully that it's just, I have to, I have to do it. So I'm just in the process of putting that together right now with him. It's called- so it's all description. He just described a story. And yeah. you're going to illustrate it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, if, as long as I don't screw it up, which I every, time I, every time I draw something, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to screw this up. I'm going to screw this up. Yeah. But then you stay up and do it all night until you're happy with it. No. Yeah. <laughs> we get there. Well, that's incredibly exciting, man. I mean, it, it's, it's so cool. Because, I mean, the years, they're rolling by at this point. I mean, we've it's almost been five years since you first chatted on this show. And now look like, you know, just the community that's, you know, come together and birthed so many amazing things. I mean, I'm, I've always been touting on this show how incredible it is that there's so many books that come together, like Tart, uh, between two people who've never met. They're very far away, but over the magic of the internet, these incredible creations get made, you know? And you know what? Uh, See, I've just done a writer a terrible disservice. When I said it was only Ricky, I was wrong. I was totally wrong. Oh. Yeah. Because I worked with a, another writer named Ben Rosenthal, this Australian dude. And I've uh, I've done a couple things with him. What would you do with him? Um, and why does his name sound familiar, in fact? No, I don't know. Huh. He's uh, maybe follow him on Twitter. Maybe. Yeah, he's so he's this Australian writer. He's really fantastic. I've only done a couple short stories with him. One was for... Uh, um, a two-page superhero story called The Mole in Eighth Wonder Press. Um, so that was really cool. But before that, we did a story. Um, and it's never been published. It's just sort of been sitting there. Uh, so I'm, I've just left left it in his hands to do something with it. But uh, it's a Victorian Jack the Ripper story. Oh, cool. Little five-page little five page thing and uh, he sent that to me and it's just like oh yeah that's a that's a cool story that i have to do something with <clears throat> so what i'm garnering so far is you have trouble saying no <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome man that's so so how far can you go with this is that pretty much all you can say is there anything else you can say without being too spoilery too early like we got a name a title a subject like anything the stuff with Ben or the stuff with Kevin? The stuff with Kevin. Kevin. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the title of the book is called uh, Morte, M-O-R-T-E, and it's sort of a post-apocalyptic tale, but it is probably nothing at all what you think. Cool, man. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Man. I've never read a story like this before, um, and it just it really spoke to me. Just That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that that's a couple of character sketches. We talked about it a little bit and it's like, Oh yeah, this is what this could, this dude could look like. And you know, this is, this is what he has on him. Well, and this is a conversation that sort of went back and forth because there's a very specific prop, um, that needs to be used. And, uh, it took us the longest time to sort of figure out exactly how it's supposed to work. Uh, but after a few emails back and forth, we were able to sort it out. So, hopefully sooner rather than later you'll be able to see and i i don't know what we're going to do with it either 
So no plans to kickstart or pitch or maybe, maybe. I think yeah. he's. I think there's some places that he wants to pitch it, and uh, if it doesn't work that way, then maybe he'll kickstart it. He does have some success on the Kickstarter. I, I, you know, I think both of you on a Kickstarter, uh, I really don't think it would have too much trouble, man. Um, so it's feeling good, like you know, it's gelling. You guys oh, are yeah. having fun, and oh yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's cool, man. <clears throat> yeah, I got some of the rough pages done. I want to, I want to try and get all the rough pages done before I move forward with that, just so he can have a look. Um, and he, like he's just such a laid back dude. I was just about to say, you're both such laid back dudes that it must be going pretty chill. <laughs> it is surprising that anything gets done. It's like, yeah, man, just draw this nah. one. Like, yeah, man, I'll just get it to you whenever. It's cool. No, no, no. I'm just more that uh, you're probably on the same frame of mind, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure he has his fingers in a lot of pies as well. So uh, he doesn't have to wait on my sorry ass. Well, I mean, the ideas this guy comes up with, I, I I just love him. I mean, it's, I always, you can try to explain Tart to people. Yeah. And you can be like, it's time traveling assassins, but that just doesn't feel right. Like, you feel like you need to sit there and describe it for another 10 minutes to even come close to like how cool it is. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> it's, uh. That's exciting stuff, man. So when are you thinking, or is there, you got like kind of a time frame, or are you just kind of working along? Uh, well, I'm just working this one little thing right now that I need to finish up, and then I've uh, I've told Kevin I'm all, I'm all his, I'm on his uh, full time, and I want to try and get it done by April, so I guess that gives me about a month, right? Uh, a little yeah. more, but about that, yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So That's not, that's not too bad, though. Well, depending, I don't know. That could be horrible. I don't know how fast you draw. (laughs) Well, and that's kind of the fun thing about working with a writer is sometimes writers don't that you haven't worked with before, do they don't know what you can and can't draw. Like they're just going to write their story. Right. And so it becomes a challenge to draw these things that maybe you haven't drawn before. You know what I'm, I'm... doing this story right now that involves uh, driving some, you know, big F-250 Ford trucks, which I've never drawn before. But now I'm starting to find I'm becoming very familiar with. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's, <laughs> sure. it's just one of those things like, yeah. I don't know, I'm not really good at dry, drawing cars, but now I have to draw cars and trucks. So yeah, you got to do what do. you, you got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah. 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 Well, it's exciting to when a writer that you like makes a choice and can make a choice. Yeah. You know, a lot in the, you know, the bigger you get, you have a lot less choice that you're working with as you get into the bigger conglomerates and stuff. But I mean, mm-hmm. Kevin, you know, he saw, he wrote a, wrote a thing and thought to himself, you know, this is good for Bishop. Contacted yeah. you and here we go. So, yeah. you know, it, you, you know, he's got to have the confidence that that combo is, is, is the right combo to make, which is, you know, super exciting. I love when people, you know, when it can come together like that, like, uh, you know, like I've had a lot of people, I just went on that source point press run with all those, you know, everybody knows my love affair with Michigan and such, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, uh, source point press publishing is, uh, they've got this knack for kind of putting cool teams together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this group of, a you know, a bunch of artists and writers and, uh, Travis McIntyre and uh, Trico and Dev and all those guys and Josh Werner, they just got this skill of knowing who's going to work well together. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, beautiful, gorgeous stuff is coming out of there. And, you know, it's exciting. I like when the people I like get together to make more things <laughs> that I can like, you know? Well, so I mean, this, the, the, the tricky part is, you know, trying to make sure that I do Kevin's story justice because, you know, he's written this wonderful story. You know, and I just got to make sure that I draw his yeah, story. But as the artist, that's kind of your problem. You know, I can just be excited for it. You have to worry about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure it's going to be excellent. I'm not worrying at all. That little thing you just spoke of, would it happen to have anything to do with the Toronto Comics Anthology? No, but we can talk about that. Yeah, we should talk about that a little bit. I'm surprised I wasn't more aware of the first two volumes because... 
Uh, so you kids know out there, there's a, a collection that's uh, in its third year, in its third volume, mm-hmm. called the Toronto Comics Anthology, and it's basically a collection of short stories and comics and stuff by local creators. Yeah, and, and specifically about Toronto. Yes, of course. Yes, it's not just that they're from Toronto. Yeah. Yes, the stories are based in and around and of Toronto. And this is your first time involved? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I, I'm really excited. I got to meet uh, Andrew a couple times. Um, you know, we chatted. We got to know each other a little bit. Um, and, you know, they, they've done some really fantastic work. And they've they've gotten some great work from just about everybody we know. Um, and then, uh, I got a, I got a note saying, Hey, you know, we were thinking about doing these little sort of one page stories and, uh, just wondering if you'd like to, uh, contribute, you know, or yeah. not, they didn't say you can contribute, but they asked me to pitch them. So I pitched them uh, a story and they liked it and they said, okay, we're going to go with it. And you're just doing like a quick short thing too. Right? Yeah. Like I'm just doing a one, it's just a one pager. That's fun, though. It's just a one pager, but it was it was really exciting because, I mean, Andrew's a really fantastic guy. And he's just really, really organized, and that's something that I really appreciate. Which is well, why I, I married who I did. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, my that's my a... wife is just she her organizational skills are just bionic. It's ridiculous. That's actually so, why my wife hooked up with the guy that she did. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I got a little bit of OCD. Going on, it's kind of. <laughs> It really is kind of, you wouldn't know it looking at me or Mm -hmm. meeting me, but if you came to my home, you'd just be like, okay, this isn't right. But, you know, 76 lightsabers, they got to, they got to be in alignment, you know? Right. But yeah, no, but, uh, it, it, yeah, it's about time and volume three, it's about time that you would be involved in something like this. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Um, it's such a cool thing of Andrew to do though. Like, mm -hmm. You know, I'm hoping to talk to him soon. I mean, we've been messaging on the Facebook there because oh, yeah? uh, I joined the Facebook group. Yeah. And uh, he was nice enough to approve me in there, even though I got nothing to do with the thing. But I've <laughs> taught, I've, well, I kind of, I've, I've, you know, had, you know, many people involved on the show in the past. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of reached out and I was like, look, I'm very interested in getting to know this a little better and maybe, you know, getting a few ki- you kids to chat and come on. Yeah. Come on down. So I'm hoping to chat with him more and uh, get to meet him as soon as I can. Oh, you but, haven't uh, met him yet, like face to face? I have not. No, I oh, haven't okay. had the pleasure. Just uh, I just reached out online and was like, boom. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, let's do some stuff. That, that's yeah. funny because I'm sure he's been at some of the shows that you've been to. Probably, man, but I can't but, meet everybody. <laughs> come on. It's, I'm come trying. On. I'm, I think yeah. I've done a pretty good job overall, you know. Oh yeah. Like, you know, there's a few people that I've met a couple times now that I have to work who are involved and I've talked to but haven't had a chance to have on the show, like Jason Liu. Oh yeah. Uh Keith Grichow and Jason Liu. Both and, fantastic guys. Cuz it's funny cuz Jason, I first met him as one of the X-Men cosplayers of Toronto. Right. right. And he does a fantastic kids you can see there's pictures of him on an elegant weapon on Facebook and yep. Uh, going to the Fan Expo uh, albums, he's probably in most of them, but he did a multiple man. And what he did was is he took uh, two cardboard cutouts of himself <laughs> in different positions yeah. and kind of glue them sticking out the back behind him on his back. Yeah. And it's just, it's so simple, but brilliant. And I had no idea that he drew. Yeah. And then I kind of, uh, it was Pints and Pages, that event that. Uh, oh, really? That uh, Shay put on a little yeah. while ago is yeah. uh, the first time I walked in there and I realized I because I'd heard of the pitiful human lizard but didn't put two and two together, and then I made the connection and I was like, oh my god, you're you know you're a pretty popular fellow other than being multiple man. He's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> so well, we, have you ever checked out his uh, new harvest? No. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's that's right up your alley. All right, sweet. Um, it's. I'm sure you'll understand the reference, but I mean, Jason's also a huge Star Wars fan. Yes. Blue Harvest, of course, rhyming with Blue Harvest. Absolutely. <laughs> which was, for those that don't know, the secret code name uh, for the Star Wars movie, right? Yeah, Return of the Jedi. Was it, oh, was it Return of the Jedi? Okay. Yeah, it was uh, Blue Harvest was Return of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, I mean, he he did this wonderful comic of just like, 
average everyday life out there on the outer rim somewhere, hanging out in a cantina. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get that. See, that's that's right up your alley, man. Oh man, see, that's part of the hard thing, and I've been talking yeah. about this in conversations lately. Is uh, and it's kind of helped me make a mission for myself. But Toronto is so epically huge. Yeah. Like it's a monstrous city with an insane art community, mm-hmm. the education, the schools, the people. There's so much of it. So I don't want to use the word clicks because that gives the wrong impression. But there are different kind of like subsections. Yeah. You know, there's like a Toronto crew, there's a Sauger crew, there's a Brampton crew, there's an Oakville crew. You yeah. know, like God, there's a Kingston crew, there's a Windsor <laughs> there's a Windsor crew. Like yeah. you know, the Syndicon and all those kids out there. And it's a lot harder for the connections to be made in Toronto. I've spent four years trying to interview all you bastards. Yeah. And I'm nowhere near like as many as are out there, you know. Well, because the thing is, I mean, once you once you start going down the rabbit hole, you know, and there's always, you know, new people coming in. And that's one of the wonderful things about generally the, the community here is that everyone is just really cool for the most part. Yes, but I'm finding the opposite as far as the new kids. I'm actually finding that there's a certain plateau being reached mm-hmm. where I'm seeing more of the same people at the cons on a regular basis okay. do, and doing well and getting out there than I have in years. Okay. Cause, uh, there's just more of a presence, you know, like guys like you, like Sean Daly will always be there. Yeah. You know, uh, Ricky and Shane will always be there. Jason Lou will always be there. There's just a certain, there's a certain like lineup now that's really getting solidified in the community. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that it's helping to glue things a little. And it's something cool that I get to do by introducing everybody. Mm-hmm. you know, via the podcast, which is, you know, it, it's uber fun for me to do that. And, you know, a place like Michigan where I talk about how cool it is, in in a way it's a little bit easier because it's a smaller, tight-knit community. Right. And they can all kind of stand on each other's shoulders and prop each other up and, you know, things are a little more familiar. But in Toronto, mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, it's, it's insane how much cool shit is going on here. Yeah. Not just in comics, but in theater, in film, in, mm-hmm. in whatever, you know, it's, mm-hmm. we're very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're very lucky. Like, what do you think of when you think of the Toronto community, comic community? I don't know, like who in general or? Well, I guess, uh, general, yeah, that's, that's a mood? bit broad. I guess more it's different, like, cause we've got this lineup of like indie comics, but then we also are lucky enough to have how many professionals here? Yeah. Like to have Ty Templeton, Jason Fabok, David Finch, you know, Robert Bailey, Dave Ross, uh, you know, Adam Gorham, uh, it's Gorham, right? Am I pronouncing that right? It is spelled, Adam, just say Gorham. Spell, it is Gorham, right? Yep. I don't know why my mouth went all <laughs> fubbly on that one. It yeah. happens. Yeah. It does happen. But I mean, there's, I mean, there's even more. Jim Zub. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, what's the, uh, uh, Yannick Paquette. Yep. It's out of control. Wait, he's in Montreal, isn't he? Is he out in Montreal? I was in Montreal. I, he's hanging out here enough that, you know, <coughs> either way, right. in the southerny kind of region of this side of Canada. <laughs> yep. we've got it, it's insane and we're so lucky and uh i'm finding there's more of a connection also growing between the pros and you know the indie guys do you find on being on that indie level are you getting to know more of the kind of you know guys who have been established uh starting to yeah you know it, it's the sort of thing i don't want to i don't want to push in there too hard it's weird because it's just one of those things like, okay, I'm just going to hang back here and be quiet and just, you know, hang out and let everybody else do the talk. And maybe I'll say a thing or two every once in a while. But then when I do say the thing or two that I want to say afterwards, I kick myself. It's like, oh, man, you sounded so dumb. <laughs> so for the most part, I, I try not to say too much. But, you know, over the course of time, you know, I'm starting to get to know a few people and it's it's been really cool. Yeah, I forget that part of it sometimes because I'm so shameless. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm like, please talk to me, whoever you are. I'll just, (laughs) you know, I just, I don't know. I wish I had that embarrassment gene. Yeah. It may save me occasionally. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's it's lucky to have people like that always around to, like, either talk to or, like, Ty's got, like, his his boot camp to get involved with. But then 
but then the, you know having the Toronto Comics anthology and it being so based about Toronto, which is a city that has so many different little kind of nooks and crannies that if you dig deep enough into, you can find some amazing culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I guess more is like when you think of uh, the indie scene in, in Toronto, do you think of like anything, does anything specific come to mind? Like I, I've personally found actually lately, like in Michigan, there's a big horror thing going on right now. That's kind mm-hmm. of the, 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 the popular genre. And there's kind of a lot of uh, kind of pulpy sci-fi happening in Toronto. Okay. Do you notice that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's just a big mishmash of, and I don't mean that in any sort of uh, negative sense. Uh, just that, you know, there's, it's like you said, it's such a big story or a big city, you know, and if you're going to have this, this big city, there's going to be a lot of different thoughts and ideas that, that live there. And so, you have all these different creators that live in that city. Well, they're going to start creating all sorts of different things. So it's just a wide variety of different kinds of books, I suppose, and different kinds of personalities too. Of course. Absolutely. I find that, uh, there, there's a bit of a, of a cool connection between those pro guys and the indie guys here also. Now that I think about it through things like, uh, like Captain Canuck. Mm-hmm where that's a long time Toronto staple. It's come and it's gone. There's been different iterations. And yet this is something that those guys who are pros now were fans of back in the day. Mm-hmm. And now it's come back and new kids are fans of it. So it's kind of something yeah. to connect everybody. Well, with. I think the, the redesign of, of Captain Canuck is really spectacular. If it, if it wasn't so good, it wouldn't have resonated with so many people. Oh, that's a hard thing to pull off, and he definitely pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. you catch, caught any of the uh, the web series? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool, man. So yeah, it's it's that, those are pretty fun too. Yeah, they're working on more of those too. As well, they should. Yeah, as well, they should. So I mean, it's it's a necessary part of it, I think. So it, I mean, it's really cool that they're, you know, that Captain Canuck has has made this comeback. And yeah, everybody's just is such a fan of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, yep. just, just, uh, yeah, it's, it's one cool thing that, it, you know, you see it's brought together. And I think the shops help too, having so many of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, aren't you doing that, uh, yeah. what is it called? The Heroic Con or something or Mini Con? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, on March 5th. What shop is that? That's, uh, my local comic shop. It's called Heroic Dreams. Where is that? And, uh, that is out here in Pickering. It's like just off Kingston Road, like Rouge Mountain, Kingston, I think, something like that. Oh, so you're like way east out oh, of yeah, the city yeah. then. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize you were you were that far out of the city. Okay. I am I am not even GTA. Yeah. I am like it, its own. I'm in a completely different. I'm not in York region. Damn. I'm, he's out there. I'm well, more I'm GTA than you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Durham region. Okay, so because I was wondering, because I was like, I've never heard of that shop before. So I mean, yeah, I guess that's a little further east than uh, I might have heard of. But, oh yeah, you know, it's a nice shop, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a great shop. I mean, they were when I first moved here and I I first did Stranger, I met uh, one of the owners there, and I was like, hey man, I got this stupid shitty little book, and you know, do you guys want to carry it in your store? And like, yeah, man, just put it on the shelf. It's cool. Nice. It's like, oh wow, maybe I can do this. You know, and I think I might have sold one in a couple months. <laughs> something like that. But it didn't matter. They were just the sort of people who were like, Yeah, man, and whenever I had something new, they're like, Yeah, man, just bring it on in. Sure. And then if I did sketch covers, they say, Yeah, you know, here here's some sketch yeah. covers. Draw them up for us and we'll put them up. Has it been around a while? I don't know how long it's been around. I mean it's it's been around as long as I've known. So I, okay. I've been here for eight years now. Right, right. And where'd you come from? I was in Toronto for 20-odd years. Right, because you were one of the originals. But then I think we figured out that I think the only one we know now who actually lives in the core is Sean Daly. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah, but, you know, my wife and I, we started having babies, and we just decided, yeah, I don't think we want to raise them in this city. We want to raise oh, them in I... the backyard that doesn't cost a million dollars. Yeah, especially when you have three, right? I have two. Okay, sorry. Why do you have three? Three? No, I have two. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, two's enough. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I totally hear you. Oh yeah, I just like once you're done, you know, wiping bums and you don't have to yeah. buy diapers anymore, and then you're just sort of out of it for a little while. It's like it's kind of nice not having to do that. Well, I went. I got the in betweens, right? Like I got the daughter who is sixteen. Oh wow! Okay. And I got the son who's five. Okay. So, but I'm done at there. I got oh, the yeah. boy. I got yeah. the boy and the girl. I'm good. Yep. yep. You know, you need that same with you, right? You got the boy and yep. the girl. Yep. Yeah. So that, sorry, we had the little mini con. They just throw a little like in-house comic con yeah, at the it's shop. The first, it's the first year they're doing it. So, I mean, I don't really know what to expect. Um, but I mean, the owners, the owners are pretty cool and he's just sort of, it's a very sort of casual affair as far as I know. Um, but they have they have some. Uh, I mean, they're a comic book shop, so they're going to have their stuff there. But then there's another comic collector who's going to have his stuff there, and then there's some crafty people who are going to be there. And Jason Liu will be there, and uh, Shay will be there. Oh, that's um, fun. And I'll be there. Very fun. And uh, yeah, and I'm sure there's some more people that are going to join the crew. See, there, there's. Okay, I can't complain because there's a lot of shops around, especially out here on the uh, in the Mississauga Oakland mm-hmm. area. Yeah, uh, mad amounts of shops, and especially down south where I am. Uh, so there's always lots of stuff like Gotham Central. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've always got. They're you know, always great, doing something. Oh, they're always doing something. I just dropped by for their four year anniversary birthday party. Oh yeah, uh, that was fun. Got to hang out with Ty for a bit and stuff. And, yeah, uh, you know that was good. And there's Comet Connection over in Oakville, Spears Road. And they've got that's a your, mat. Right. No, that's not mine. That's actually, you'll find Mike Ruth hanging out there. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why it's familiar. Yeah, and they got a massive area in the back for, like, Magic the Gathering tournaments and stuff. Right, right. So they, they got stuff going on. My shop is Little Altered States in Clarkson. Okay, right. <clears throat> which is two brothers. Shop's been open, like, 26 years, mm-hmm. and they don't do jack shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Like this is as comic book as it gets. It's like Degrassi 1980s styles. <laughs> two guys behind the counter. Yeah. Just talking comics, old comics. You know, mm-hmm. they do have toys now because you kind of have to nowadays. But still, they have an amazing you know backlog section, and their back issues are fantastic. But I, I kind of like that part of it. Like mm-hmm. once in a while, I'm like, guys, like. Get involved, and they're like, "No, nah, just reading comics." Yep. <laughs> so, but I got other places to go to, so mm-hmm. I can't complain. But it is neat to have that shop where, anytime you go in, they're talking to somebody, and it's a comic book conversation. Yeah. You know, they're talking about something that happened in the X Men back in the seventies or some shit. It's just right. Like, <laughs> right. 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 Right on. You know, on Free Comic Book Day, they just they get all the comics, put them on a table, and the line files through. Yep. None of none of this. You got to buy two new issues, and you get one free, or blah blah blah. They're like, whatever, fuck it, yep. <laughs> take them. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of like that kind of punk rock old school attitude that they have. Yeah, and I mean, if if that's what works for them, then that's great. You know what I mean? Um, and clearly, it does because that's what they do. Well, I think what works most for them is how they run the business at this point. I think they're able to do that because over 26 years they've just they've got a really good clientele, really good regulars. They know mm-hmm. what they know what to order down to a T yep. for their clientele. Right. And I think that is what they've gotten really good at and why they've lasted, right? Right, right. But a lot of the newer shops, yeah, you got to make up for it with collectibles and try to sell what the people want it's it's such a hard time these days like i hear of friends i'll talk to friends down in the states they got to drive an hour out of state just to find a comic shop oh really yeah man. Well, see, it, that's what sort of the drag about out here is there's not um there's not a lot of choice as far as shops go right. so i was very happy to find out that uh there was this comic shop heroic dreams practically around the corner from me um, but then a few years ago, they actually moved. So they moved much farther, which was kind of disappointing, but I'm still within reasonable driving distance. Sure. Um, but then there's another shop that just opened up in Ajax. Uh, uh, I can't remember. It's like pop culture. 
Okay. Something. Right. Um, I don't know how they're doing. I went to I went to the opening and hung out, and it was it was cool. Right on. You know, I don't know how they're doing now, just because I mean it's it's a lot farther than Heroic Dreams is for me. Oh sure. Um, but then there's worlds collide out in Oshawa. But it's almost like each of the these cities in Durham have their own single comic shop. So I mean, there's not a lot of uh, competition. Right, right. Well, we got the room though that they can spread out. Like even though I say there's a lot in my area, they're all probably 20 minute drives from each other. But I've got like four shops 20 minutes from me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they kind of, you know, they can handle their areas because we're kind of lucky to. You know, in Mississauga, at least, it's so expansive, right? Yeah. And uh, plus, I'm also two of these shops are in Oakville, so even though we've got a border, and and uh, I think two of the shops probably do well in Oakville. There, the Conspiracy Comics is right there uh, by Trafalgar, and mm. I think they're probably Sheridan heavy. Okay. Because uh, of the Sheridan College right there, you know, yep. it's an art college. Oh, and also right across from Sheridan College in the plaza there is uh, Labyrinth. Which uh, they more specialize in graphic novels and anime, mm-hmm. but they do have some new issues. So I count it as a comic shop. But, right. Oh man, just fucking spoiled. Not like Idaho. I hear Idaho's rough, man. Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah. There's like one shop in the whole state. Or oh jeez. Yeah, I think I've heard. I got a friend down in Boise. <laughs> well, these people. I got a friend down too. in Boise. Yeah. I know a guy down in Boise. He'll set you up. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh well, that's uh, that's very exciting. Um, maybe that feels like an uh, an appropriate place to perhaps wrap up the exciting return of Mr. Dave Bishop to an elegant weapon. So, yeah, to reiterate to you people of Stone, uh, you tell the people where they can get all this stuff, where they should go. Yeah, all my stuff is uh, available on Comicsology. So if you want Stranger for your zombies, if you want Squirrels for your anthropomorphic animal fix um <laughs> and then the fantasy comic of stone is available both issues one and two are available now with issue three coming up uh in the next week or two maybe i never find out until the week before they they release it so what will happen is i'll get an email tomorrow and they'll say hey your comic will be ready on wednesday and this is comiXology on comiXology yeah so is is uh, is is issue three available in any way yet? Has anybody uh, read it? Uh, oh my goodness, people! <laughs> I feel even more special perhaps now. Perhaps you it's, have. A few people have read it. Uh, I have, and it's yeah. fucking great. It's just as good as the first two. For anybody out there who's wondering, what's the uh, back matter from Ben Rose, Ben Rosenthal? That's why that name is familiar to you because he wrote the back matter in issue number three. Oh, the little kind of short story thing yeah. at the end. Okay, okay, that's why. That's totally why the name's. Well, how'd that happen? What was that? I uh, so the people know. I guess you. I guess it's not really spoiling it. You've got like a little short story attached to the end of the book. Yeah, yeah. So, um, with uh, issue number one, I asked uh, some friends to do some pinups for me. Um, so uh, Shane Heron, Keith Gracho, Andy Stanley, and uh, Adam Gorham did uh, some pinups in the back of that book for me so if you're fans of any other work and you're collecting it then you can buy my book and you'll have it too um but in the second one i was trying to think of more artists to do pinups and uh i was having a conversation i think with brian avenue and he was saying how he always thought it was cooler to have you know just something more interesting than just pinups because although they're nice to look at um, it doesn't really help the story all that much. So I got Shane Heron to do one because, uh, you know, I just love that. He's just one of the most chill dudes ever. He's just oh, he's fantastic. Awesome. So yeah. Yeah. his pinup in there. But then I also put a map in the back of the second one that sort of gives you an idea of where everything is. Yeah, it was very in, cool too. In the land. Um, and with the third issue i wanted to do something really different and i was reading some articles on uh writers and writers getting more attention and writers getting more support and i said well if i have all these artists doing pinups in the back of one issue why don't i just get a writer to do like a, just a prose a little short right. story and and wrap it up like that and so ben was 
the guy. You know, I had worked with him a couple times, like I said, and I, I just sort of shot this his way. And I, I said, okay, well, you can pretty much do whatever you want, um, but you can't do this, this, or that. <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah. affect what you've already got going yeah. on. But he did that well. He very, it was very like cool well, little story within the story. Yeah, because he took a reference in issue number two. Yeah, and did a whole story about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool, man. That's that's smart writing. Man. Yeah, so I mean, people might not know catch the reference right away, but just when I read the story and then I read the ending, I was like, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> so perfect. Because what what he wrote reinforces the story that I've already told. Yes, you know what I mean, and it sort of helps the two become more real, I suppose. Very cool. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, were you going to do something with the map too? Or, or didn't you like, uh, you were going to do a specific print of the map or the map was included in an issue or yeah, I guess you did put it no, in the, an issue. The map but... is an issue too. Yeah. I remember us talking about the map for some reason specifically. Oh really? Maybe I, I might've just thought it was cool that you were doing a map. Yeah. It, it was probably, <laughs> it was, I yeah, it was probably a, that you told me you were doing the map. And I thought yeah. it was cool. Went to Fan Expo. You showed me that you did the map, put it in the book, and I thought that was cool too. Okay, yeah. So that's probably maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome, good times. So there's that uh, Toronto Comics anthology, uh, the Kickstarter. Is it the Kickstarter? I'm thinking. I think starts... there's going to be a Kickstarter. Yeah. Yes, it starts very very soon. <clears throat> and uh, it's going to be worth it just to uh, just to get a copy of my one page comic, Curly Plays the Rex. It's uh, the single greatest story you've ever read. That's, that's <laughs> one page that has been written by me and also drawn by me. And and it's the and Rex, it's man. Book. Yeah, and, and it's the Rex. He, and you know what's yeah. really funny about that, too, is is what I posted it. Um, did you Have you seen it? Yeah, I have. Okay, yeah. Um, when I post it, people have been saying, oh, yeah, the Rex, of course. Yeah. You know, it's the third issue and nobody's even touched the Rex. I'm like, okay. I, I mean, I asked, uh, I asked Andrew, has anybody done a ghost story about the Rex yet? And he's like, you know what? I don't think they have. I said, okay. That's what I'm going to do. That's gonna, that's cool, man. Have you read both of the first volumes? No. I know, neither have I, but I really want to. I no, want to. and if you see what's been, what people have been posting on, uh, on the page itself. Oh, you know, it's beautiful. It's really fantastic because there's just this wonderful wide range of, of styles and stories from lighthearted and serious and, and rough and raw to like really clean lines. And it's, I mean, it's Toronto. Yeah. It's, it's, it's totally Toronto. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's an absolute mishmash of what Toronto is as far as it being itself a mishmash. So uh, it's super cool. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Kickstarter starts very early in March, kids. But yeah. we, of course, will give you much more information on that. Very excited about it. As we said of Stone, is Stranger – yeah, you just said all your stuff's on Comixology. Yep, except for Deep Sea. Deep Sea is except the only – Except for Deep Sea. Yeah, you know, I'm – Ricky Lima, which is <laughs> – uh, you you can't describe that one. You gotta, you can, but you should. Yeah, you should it's sort of just a one. weird sort of neo sci-fi environmental tale of weirdness from the mind well, of the twisted Ricky Lima. Well, the better I've gotten to know Ricky, uh, the more that story not makes sense to me, but <laughs> makes sense to me. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <gasps> oh, I love. I just love his casual insanity. You yeah. know what I mean? Just the yeah. way he was telling me about Murder Train. Like, did you hear about Murder Train? I don't train? know about Murder Train. He was on a train, on a go train, that killed somebody. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, somebody yeah. jumped in front of it yeah. or something, one of those deals. And yeah. then he was, and then he was just so casually like, oh, yeah, you know, I was on this train this time. Oh, yeah, then it hit a person. It's totally not cool. We had to do this. And yeah. yeah, I had to stand there. And I was like, but did, well, hold on, back up. Yeah. <laughs> And it just somehow turned into Murder Train, the conversation. You can hear it, kids, in fact, on the Toronto Comic-Con Fan Days special thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you go back, uh, we talk about it. Ricky Lima's experience on the Murder Train. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good times. But uh, did you say, is that available anywhere? 
Uh, it's available in my store at Store Envy. Store Envy. Yeah, Store Envy. It's uh, dabishop.storeenvy.com. Is the Reiner dead? Reiner.com? Yeah. No, no, it's no. still it's still running. I mean, Stranger is still up there. Stranger runs on Reiner.com. Well, I also noticed uh, you switched up the Facebook, didn't you? Cause, did I? Uh, I don't think I did. Well, you have a specific uh, David Bishop artist page. Yeah, you know, I'm having such a hard time with that right now because, like, all my stuff is supposed to go there because it's all connected through Instagram and Twitter and, and all that. But I cannot, for the life of me, get every, like I Something happened when, when I was updating all my apps. Right, and it right. just decided, okay, I'm not going to post here anymore. And I can't figure it out. It's killing That's me. That's weird. Fucking technical demons. Because wasn't there a re-nerd page? Yeah, you can still... you can. The art of re-nerd or some kind of shit now? See, if I go to Facebook.com... Because when I go to Facebook... Yeah, when I go to Facebook, so, I typed Reynard into the search bar, and yeah. your David Bishop page came up. So whenever you type in, kids, bring yeah. it up. Look at Dave's art. It's really fun. It's really cool. Yeah. And uh, again, Dave is uh, one of those very rare, talented, balanced artist writers out there and doing some really cool work. So, Dave, it is always an absolute pleasure to have you hang out on the show, man. I am pleasured by being had. <laughs> That's all we're gonna have this week on an elegant weapon, kids. Take it easy.